Hello, one and all, welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show, where today we are at the movies, Anthony. Yes, we are. At the yeah, movies. And if you're watching us, <laughs> yeah, we need that. We need a song like to <laughs> let's all go to the lobby. We need that. We do. Make it happen. If only if we were talking about this um, earlier, that's uh, we didn't really have that in this country. I, I think that's such a. I don't know if it still happens in the States, you still have that kind of song, but we we never had that. No. Like, we just uh, Oh, this is kind of visual. Just tells you to shut up and watch the film. Yeah, no, not great really. It's no, a lot, no. lot jollier. Uh, yeah, I like it. But um, if you're watching us on Pro Wrestling TV, thank Aye. you very much. But also, this will be the first time you've seen one of our At The Movies. Segments. At The Movies. So, uh, Anthony, tell people what we do when we're at the movies. So At The Movies, Carl, this is when we, we try and take a look at wrestling-related movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the example I've given in the past is, you know, one of our childhood favourites was um, Ready to Rumble. Fantastic film. I don't care what anyone says. Fight me on it. It is a fucking brilliant film. <laughs> he will crown you. That's true. Um, you know, but we've also, certain ones we've not tackled yet, but just examples of like, you know, surely there's not much managing at the movies. There fucking is. We've got, you know, um, You Can't Kill David Arquette. Yes. Fighting With My Family. Yes. The Wrestler. Yes. Ready to Rumble Itself. Yes. Even, um, uh, even to some weird degree, Peanut Butter Falcon. I watched that recently. That's actually quite good. The rest what? of the movie. It's loads. Uh, well, maybe I should, I have, I've not even heard that one. Maybe go. I should go and watch it and we could do that. That could be the next one. Yeah. But the topic of this one, Carl, is what I think has been dubbed as the wrestling yeah. documentary. I'd, I'd, yeah. I would probably say it's the best. I, I, obviously, I've got a bit of a bit of a sweet spot for Bret Hart and Wrestling Shadows, but I think this edge of it, this yeah. is a, the most... And this is, of course, complete. Beyond the mat. It is. It is beyond the mat. The mat. Um, and so, what we're going to do, um, and what we typically tend to do, is we talk about the premise of the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, and if you haven't seen it, where have you been? Um, Where have you been? Um, since the 90s, man. <laughs> but essentially, uh, it's a heartfelt documentary focusing on the day-to-day lives of professional wrestlers, some on the rise, some on the wane, and others fighting for their lives. And I think that is a um, very nice way to describe that. I think it, yeah, uh, yeah. it covers a plethora of a plethora difference. Um, it does, Cody. It does. I don't want to sound apropos. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it covers, obviously, people, you know, who had just getting into the business. It covers like the WWE or WWF at the time, all it's, the way through to... I mean, it's set up is kind of interesting, isn't it? Because we, we kind of have, am I right in saying it's four focal points? At least, yeah. There's... You know, in, in the sense of like, people we follow sort of consistently, like Mick Foley being one of them, Jake yeah. being the other. Foley, um, Jake. Um, apologies. Terry Funk. Terry Funk, thank you. Um, New Jack a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, there obviously there is a few, but we have people we keep going back to mm-hmm. sort of consistently throughout. But then we obviously we tackle a bit of the WWE, we see a little bit of Vince, etc. So it, it, you know, there's a, a few different elements to it, but like we we revisit quite consistently with McFoley and and Jake and yes. uh, Terry Funk. Yes, yeah, indeed. So you know, there's 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 elements to it uh, in that sense, but um, an absolutely fascinating watch. And to be honest, heartfelt was one of the things you mentioned in the in the in the blurb. If you will, <laughs> and I think that that it truly is like it. It's yeah. it's kind of a hard watch in some senses, but heartfelt's probably the right one because yeah. I think you, you, there's so many elements from this where you like you feel kind of like bummed out at some points, and then you feel kind of uplifted at others, which I will I will discuss as we go through. Yeah, but um, you know it, it is like a fantastic documentary, and yeah. if you if you wanted an insight into the 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 sort of the other side behind 
the mat, if you will. How did you come with this now? It's certainly that this is. I think this is a must see for any wrestling fan. Oh, massively! Really. It's, it's a it's a real emotional roller coaster. It's fascinating because you get the insights, but also it, it takes you on a journey through seeing these, like you know, the whole premise essentially is who who are these people who kind of mutilate themselves for yeah. our. I suppose pleasure. I think because when you like people have always looked at wrestling as like you know. What is it? Um, almost like the real life superhero. Like the mm. you look back at the carny elements. It's like this Herculean men, yeah. just sort of you know. It, it's meant to be something like like a spectacle to behold. So seeing like behind that and seeing what they put themselves through is like it's, yeah. it is heavy, but it is, it is a must see. It really oh, it's, it's it's a fantastic movie. I mean, don't just take our word for it. We always have a look. So it's certified <laughs> fresh. <laughs> Sorry, just take our word for it. Let's hear from our sponsors. <laughs> Sorry, come on. Yeah, our sponsors. Um, but yeah, so it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, tomatoes uh, within a score of eighty well, percent. You say potato, um, and it's got a seven point six on IMDb, so pretty critically acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. And bear in mind, this this was came out in nineteen ninety nine. Yes, and so we're looking at the current. Scores. Yes. So this this is held up as well. This is held up for some time. It's a has. fucking good document. And I think as well. Um, so you you lambasted the audience a moment ago, Anthony. You just call me. You had. Um, you lambasted. <laughs> you lambasted the audience a minute ago. Um, around how did how did I seen this? It came out in nineteen ninety nine. Let's talk about when you first saw this film. Thanks, Carl. Now I'll be honest. I this is one that I I I I don't want to say I never knew about it. Mm. I just never got to it. You know, one of them things like people always have this kind of gap in their in their movies. You know, you know when you meet people and it's like you've never seen Die Hard, mm-hmm. and it feels like something that some like you know you Cow. must have seen it. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's one. Of, this is one of them things for me. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a wrestling fan, and most people go, you've seen Beyond the Mat, right? It's like I hadn't. Yeah. Like, I watched this last year. Mad. Like, and this has come from like a, a spate of probably come from the fact that we did this show, we did mm-hmm. this podcast, uh, and the fact that we were in a pandemic. Uh, so you had a bit more free time yes. um, but I was watching a lot of wrestling stuff wrestling related stuff so not just watching the regular shows I was like fighting with my family was like fucking awesome modern wrestling mm-hmm. film based on like a, a, a UK sort of legend in, in Soraya yeah. um, and then I, I again I watched that through Netflix and it's like oh more like this you know you end up looking through that and you end up watching like the wrestler oh, the rabbit hole. Exactly, and then Beyond the Mat was one of those options, and mm-hmm. I mentioned it to you, and you're like, "You've got to watch it." And I think you were like, "It's free on YouTube. You should have watched it already." Anyway, yeah. I'm like, "All right, I'm sorry," <laughs> uh, but I watched it very recently last year. But I know that you're again, like everything in wrestling, you probably caught onto it more than I did, or sooner than I did. Yeah. And you're like, "This fantastic thing that we love, you've been watching a lot longer than I yeah. have." And I think the same goes for this documentary. So, when <laughs> did you first watch this film? Um, so. I mean, obviously, anyone who doesn't know, I've I've been kind of obsessed with with wrestling since I was about four years old, um, and this came out in '99 when I was like 11, and so I saw it in my local supermarket and was like, I need to watch this film. So I remember bugging my dad saying, "Can we have this? Can we have this?" And he was like, "No, no, no." And I I always remember the cover. Um, it was a different cover over here in the UK than it was in America because it was like a black. It was on a VHS because I'm old. It was a black VHS with red writing, Sorry, blood for those splatters. Who are watching who don't know what a VHS is? <laughs> then, I kid, of course. Yeah, I mean th- there might be, <laughs> um, but it just it looked just really intense um, and kind of visually striking. And I, I'll never forget it had on the top of it. It was the the movie Vince McMahon doesn't want you to see. And I was like, Wait, your dad was Vince McMahon? Apparently so, yeah. The bastard. Um, but yeah, after after weeks and weeks and weeks of kind of pestering and stuff like that, we finally managed to get it. So, I I watched this movie when I was about eleven years old, 
brought it home and I probably watched it about 50 times. Nice. I, I, I went through this phase when I was around about 11 where I was just, I couldn't get enough of trying to understand the business and how it all works. So this was like the icing on the cake. I'd, I'd looked at like, you know, pro wrestling for idiots books and like, you know, behind the scenes stuff. There was that show on Channel 5, the pro wrestling exposed that was um, narrated by the cat from Sabrina. Um, Naturally. Naturally, I think um, uh, they probably put his name in the credits. Yeah, yeah, he was the cat from Sabrina. <laughs> Nick, the cat from Sabrina Baker. Um, but yeah, so I was very much into trying to understand the inner workings, and this movie was just mind blowing to me to see at all levels. Because obviously, everybody watched WWE, WWF yeah. at the time, and it was like to see what it's like on the independent level, how you get into, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a stupid 11 year old kid. I think I'm going to be a wrestler one day, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, it was it was yeah, closer than I ever did. <laughs> I did some training, but it was never. Uh... I remember that. Like this is the funny thing. This was like, this came out in '99, mm-hmm. and was still popular. Like when we were in high school, which was around '99, yeah. and wrestling was at a fever pitch. Everyone fucking loved wrestling, and mm-hmm. you and I were totally convinced. We're gonna grow up. We're gonna yes. get into the WWE. We're gonna yeah. be fucking huge because you know naturally realistic, realistic goals, yeah. realistic goals. And, and now we have a wrestling related TV show, so that's pretty cool. We copy it. Um, pretty close. Pretty close. Close, close to the money. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> but, um, but like this was an inside look at a time when, I, to be fair, we probably couldn't appreciate what it was showing us in some levels. I mean, no. like for you, how how do you feel about it compared to like, do, do you feel you appreciate it more now as an adult? Because um, like, you obviously watched it back, but like I imagine through the eyes of a teen, it's a different experience in some senses. Yeah, you know? I don't think I grasped the kind of serious undertones of a lot of the stories mm. of, like, you know, for example, Jake's like yeah, relationship yeah. with his father and his daughter, yeah, um, and things like that. So I think from an emotional level, I never really got there um, yeah. in the same way as I do now as an adult. But um, yeah, I think it's always kind of it's it's so whimsical to me. Of like, I just think it was so well crafted as a yeah. way to see wrestling from start to finish you know what yeah. I mean but what were, what were your kind of like how did it hold well, up today obviously what I find like for me it, it really changed my perspective on, on some people and I don't I'm not throwing shade at Mick Foley when I say this but like I only ever watched this as a father if that makes yeah. sense like I, I didn't watch it as a kid and not understand I watched it as a father and I got to see like how gutted he was yeah. that obviously the, the, the they basically there was um he sort of gets to see their reaction to the the infamous spot from the steel cage, and you know that like the the shit he put himself through, and his kids thinking like he was dead, his wife thinking he was dead, and so. And I'm like, I'm watching that as a father, thinking that that's heavy. Like, yeah. I felt bad. Like, I I almost felt as bad as he felt. If you yeah. know what I mean. And I like that sort of. I think I probably would have not under like I probably wouldn't have understood that as a as a teen. No, but because I've only ever watched it as a father, I think that hit heavier. If you know what I mean, uh, I'm you're, like, you're absolutely shit, right. man. Like yeah. that, like that. Honestly, would have put me, like if I was in mixed shoes, and I'm sure he did stuff to mitigate like their exposure to him in the business. But that that would have damn near made me go, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I, I can't break that out like that. God damn. No, you know what I mean. That's that. That's, that's another thing. Watching it as a as a father now was looking back and going, seeing the way his kids were. You know what I mean? Mm. It was like that was something I just didn't appreciate at all at the time. Um, I was like, uh, it's, it's funny that is, uh, you know, that Noel's favorite words, uh, nipples or whatever. And I was like, ah, that's so funny. When I watched it as a kid, and now I'm like, I can't believe what they went through. But yeah. luckily, Noel, Dewey. Well, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> well, like, well, adjusted, well adjusted adults, like, in, what we can, uh, what we can tell. So yeah, it didn't impact them too much. But yeah, yeah. 
But no, I think just seeing it in the documentary is like it, it like as as a dad, it, it's heavy seeing like him think uh, or him react to that as well, you know. Like yeah. Um so you're kind of sharing that with him in, in some way, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how well crafted the documentary is that you're like, oh fuck, that yeah, that one, that one hits. And similar with, with Jake, man, I mean you, I you I, I suppose if you didn't watch the documentary and you saw Jake in, in sort of his later years in WWE, you, you can see he's kind of fucked up, you know. Yeah. And he obviously is is Issues with substance have been sort of well documented in a lot of ways, but this documentary you get to see sort of how, uh, like I think you mentioned about his relationship with his father and that as well. But like you get to see how like fucked up it was for him in those years. And, yeah. Like I th- I love the fact that I've been able to watch it. Also, having seen the resurrection of Jake and knowing where he is now in his life, like. That documentary could hit totally heavy had he mm. not have sorted himself out. Yeah, you've got yeah, you've got appreciation knowing how it turned out. I yeah, suppose. and I'm so so glad because he seems like such a like an awesome dude, and he's been through more than I probably ever will. Um, and I'm so glad to see that he is on the on the, the sort of the right side of, of yeah. things now. You know what I mean? He's he's not like numbing himself or killing no. himself to be honest with you just a massive um, yeah, another thing yeah. from DDP in it just what yeah. an absolute legend DDP, to, to save him in that way so, such a DDP. watching that and you know some of the things he he was talking about and stuff like just not liking who he saw in the mirror and this kind of thing and his, his all of his abuse and they'd even say like really early on when the introducers he basically threatened to no show the events unless they got him a load of crack or whatever you know what I mean it was just like that, that's your introduction to Jake the Snake who obviously for me growing up seeing Jake the Snake always appreciated just what a creepy fantastic yeah. pro he was, like, he that's was the thing, yeah. so it's uh, it was obviously hard to see that but yeah you just don't appreciate anything that like what he's talking about like his um, you know his like how he was born and like all the, the stuff around his family and all that it's just like god oh, so no one should ever have to have a life like that you know so that's the thing yeah. um, but I suppose that they're, they're like some of their I'm not saying negatives, but there's some of the things where it was like that. That's heavy. This is what I got from it. What was there any like? I, f- I feel bad saying this now because obviously he's 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 passed away. Um, bless him. But um, there was <laughs> there was a guy in the uh, I can't his name his name is Blanken. Oh, uh, Stamp. Yeah, what's his first name? Ted Stamp was oh, it? I don't want to distract him. I get his mm. his first name wrong, but I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and, I can't yeah, remember his name. But obviously, in the yeah. um, in the in the Terry Funk stuff, where again we we mentioned before, we were talking about Ric Flair in the news. Um, still wants to have another match, and mm. obviously one of the big arcs in this is Terry Funk's retirement match, which we mm. know was one of about twenty, if yeah, not more. Yeah. And um, there was a guy there who was just um, he ended up becoming a, a meme just from the way he was uh, portrayed about saying he's not booked and how he has to still stay in shape and he's working out on the trampoline and stuff so yeah. there's things like that which um, was somewhat amusing at yeah. the time yeah. but I think for me one of the as being such a massive WWE fan um, to see the inner workings of, of, of the WWE and behind the scenes and just see in, in, in situ like you know, Triple H there, like, on the monitor watching a match and The Rock and Mankind talking through a match together and Vince McMahon going, this is how... It was just yeah, an insight I never thought I would get on the business to actually see. And I don't know how much of it was, like, put on for show or, you know, anything like that. Like, but I mean, this time, is the I thing, like, like... I think another person who I've got a, a, a slightly different opinion on from watching it, and this might be one that isn't sort of well-favoured because of the recent controversies, but, like, I was surprised at Vince McMahon in this. Yeah. And... And I'm I'm well aware that he knew there was a camera pointing at him. 
So he, you saw the Vince that he wanted you to see. I'm well aware of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what I think was true about him and what I think was endearing was um, the bits they showed you of Vince when he's sort of um, when he's speaking with Draws and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like you can see how much he loved what he was doing. And mm-hmm. I think you at the nail on the head when we've talked about this off air that you know at that time he like you know he probably did turn into a bit of a angry old man as he's portrayed in recent years yeah. but at that time he mm. truly like that was at the point that wb was, was building to its absolute peak yeah and he, he did truly love what he was doing and mm. what he was creating you know and maybe you know time made him less uh enamored to the business i don't know i mean when you're doing something that long you're not always going to be so enthused about it you could just see the enthusiasm and the, and the love he had for wrestling yeah and it was endearing like you end up going god this you know well that's it like um I, th- I think it's hard as well obviously with like releases and things like that and people kind of build up this narrative of what Vince McMahon is today and all this kind of stuff but you could clearly see in that documentary you know as you said he just he loved what he did he, he was he was fully invested in all the characters and his vision make and movies yeah it's just, just stuff like that like he still comes across he's a, he's such a unique individual isn't he this is the best way to think of him do you know what I mean yeah. but um, it's like they even say like what billionaire CEO do you know that you know does stuff like this and it's like you know going through tables and shit but yeah. um yeah i loved seeing that inner working of the wwf at the time and i loved the the, the stark contrast between the wwf and ecw mm. and obviously paul Heyman, we now yeah. know what everything about paul and how amazing he is and stuff like that to see him in his mum's basement and they're there doing these bloody yeah, promo insane, videos and, yeah, yeah you know and he's, he's putting on the very first pay-per-view and everything and it's just it's mad to see because that really that shows you though for people who don't realize it about Paul, he started from the bottom. Yeah, he started ECW from nothing. He he became. Like, I won't say not. I'm not being disrespectful. He obviously, you know, he, his mum obviously loved him. He had, yeah, he had the space to do, it, but he he built it from zero. Well, he right? became one of the big three wrestling yeah. companies yeah. out of his mother's basement. You had these global behemoths in WWE yeah. and WCW, and then you've got ECW, who are literally. At the bottom of the barrel, like almost yeah. right up there. And so much respect on him. And he's in a, like, I know obviously ultimately his company lost out to WWE and was mm-hmm. bought by WWE and so on. But this man, he's there now with Roman Reigns, like on yeah. one of the biggest wrestling shows, well, the biggest wrestling show in the world, mm-hmm. still doing his thing and still the best promo in the fucking land, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And uh, it's so impressive to see what he built himself from. And he, like, very definition of self made. Yeah. It's it's insane. I, like I, I just I literally loved everything about the movie. Even like uh, Tony Jones and Mike Modest when they had the tryout and stuff, and seeing the type of wrestling school they came from, and obviously the late Roland Alexander, who was like an accountant running a wrestling school, but he still managed to get guys in front of WWE, and yeah. seeing Jim Ross and Jim Cornette so early on in their careers yeah, and their course, roles, yeah. and it's it's fantastic. It's it, you know especially like talking about how it holds up today, like being able to look back, knowing obviously everything that. We know now um, that has transpired since then as well. It's just, it's crazy. Um, just oh, to yeah. look back at it and just think, did we ever predict where it would go from there and what would happen and things like that? It's uh, I mean, mental. How do you feel about the idea of them, like, for starters, would they be able to do something today and like potentially a sequel to this? They did. So much has changed and happened since then. Mm. Like you could, there's enough material to, to follow this up, but do you think it would ever hit the same way? And do you think it's something that you'd be able to do anymore? I think it's hard. I don't think it would ever get the same traction today because I think everybody's a 
a smock now everybody mm. knows the inner work and to be fair like social media it affects it as well because so many people put themselves in front of the camera anyway yeah well exactly like, you, you've got an insight into everybody's life anyway now on social mm. media but then even like from the inner workings of companies you've got your you know your fightfuls and stuff who report stuff ahead of time and things yeah. and you know it's it's it wouldn't have that same kind of shock value but also i don't know whether they'd allow it Especially WWE, considering how big it's got. I'm surprised that Vince even allowed it in the first place, allowed a camera crew in there to document and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Well, funny and trick is one of the things, like one of the marketing tactics on the, the UK uh, box art, as you said, was like the, the, the movie Vince McMahon doesn't want you to see. Yeah. Like, w- was it that controversial? Was he so against it? It didn't seem, well, like he seemed quite happy in the documentary. I don't think it portrays him in any sort of bad light, really. No. I wonder whether you it was know. just how it portrayed, like, the wrestling business and obviously yeah, maybe, maybe. the fact that. You know, they made it public around, like, obviously, draws and stuff like that. Cause obviously, draws, though, I can't even draws in the document. Like, it was unfortunate what happened with draws. But the the bulk of the documentary was him sort of coming into the business and being able to puke on, yeah. on cue, <laughs> yeah. as it were. Like, it's a very it's very sad what yeah. happened. But, that, like, do you, do you blame the industry for that? Or is that just one of those freak things that happens, yeah. you know? I would be fascinated to know what problems Vince had with it. I mean, I believe I've read somewhere that Mick wasn't massively happy with it either. So I'd love to understand exactly what the, the qualms he had. I mean, in so, like again, I'm I'm speculating. Um, I I wonder if personally, I think Mick's issue with it might be that it holds up a little bit of a mirror. Maybe. It, it, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Like he, he obviously sees himself, and it, and the rest of the world sees him as like Mister Nice Guy. You know, and obviously he saw himself as a really good dad, and then to see himself, you know, what his kids were going through and stuff like that, it's hard to then put that out into the world to for, have other people judge it's him. Kind of personal, isn't it? Um, so maybe that is an element to it. I'm not sure, yeah. but and all he wants us is to have a nice day. So I get it. <laughs> well, exactly. But yeah. now, um, I I do think some of the elements that Mick might be against it on is just the fact that it, it kind of holds up a, a mirror to to Mick Foley as a person, not a character. Yeah, and um. Vince's, I don't know whether it's like, like you say, from a business point of view, it's it's not good for business. It might, might have been as simple as that. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a strange one. Um, I'm I'd be fascinated to understand it. I'm honest, but um, mm. interesting. In terms of fun facts, Carl, yes, stuff I learned from you when we were setting this up. The chap who wrote this, yes, he's wrote some other really big things, hasn't he? <laughs> it's really surprising. Yes, it's a guy I called. I would never um, have connected him. To the other films no. he's done. So, sorry, sorry, apologies. No, it's a guy called Barry Blaustein, uh, or Barry W. Blaustein, um, but he got his start on Saturday Night Live, which was insane. But then he basically wrote Coming to America. Well, he wrote um, four of the five Police Academy movies. So he wrote this number two to number five. Um, he then went on to write Coming to America and basically worked really extensively with Eddie Murphy. On well, he also, of, as recently as Coming to America. Well, exactly. He wrote the sequel as well. Yeah. So he's, he's trying to emphasize the two, so you know it's <laughs> coming. To America. Um, kind of sounds like McFoley uh, on our <laughs> intro. Okay, if anyone didn't know that, that is McFoley. Um, <laughs> a to, a well, we two, do love McFoley, okay. despite, again, I mentioned earlier, like, and that was me just almost feeling bad with him rather than I'm not having a go at it. Like, uh, I understand, you know, but yeah. he, he's still an absolute fucking legend and a cool guy. Yeah, of course he is. Um, yeah, I, I, I was blown away to see, like, the esteem behind that, you know, Barry Blaustein's career was oh, and yeah. everything he was a bit. He even uh, he directed The Ringer, which is fascinating. Cause obviously, Johnny Knoxville's got connotations yeah. with WWE as well. Yeah. So it's like that. That's interesting, but really? underrated yeah. film that as well. Mm. Just yeah, FYI. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, fascinating dude. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 
Yeah, love to speak to him. Indeed. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to get those fun facts just blew my mind. I would never have connected him with the Eddie Murphy films. No, it's mad, isn't it? You think it would just, like, it just clearly he's had a passion for wrestling and decided to make his own film. I love, that. I love people. I love that. Passion. That's awesome. Turned out. Um, yeah. So, amazing. But, um, another thing as well, just before we kind of wrap up, uh, we, we mentioned other wrestling movies and obviously The Wrestler. Hmm. Now, I'm also fascinated whether, obviously, anyone watching this or listening to this made the same connection. But for me, a lot of what Mickey Rourke's character goes through in the film is very much Jake, especially the relationship he's got with his daughter and stuff like that. Mm. So I've got to wonder whether Darren, Ar- Darren Aronofsky saw this and went, I'm going to... You've got to think so, haven't you? Like, you've got so to think similar. he's took some poetic license from the story told here. Mm. You know? Um, but yeah, that's another one that's uh, fascinating, to say the least. Fascinating, indeed. Um... Have we have we mentioned beers? We don't mention beers yet. Oh, I can't believe we don't mention beers. I'm normally more seamless than this. Hmm. You drinking beers? I'm drinking I'm beers. beers. Well, I've really drunk my beers. But... So uh, obviously our partner's top rope. Top um, rope over we... there. <laughs> Says it on here. Um, but yeah, uh, every Tuesday if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We you get to enjoy top rope Tuesdays. Top with rope Tuesdays, where we reveal our uh, podcast pairing each podcast week pairing. and oh. tell the people what we're pairing this week. We say. Podcast pairing because it, it it's got that nice little bit of alliteration, but we're exactly. more of a TV show these days. This Crazy that. Yeah. But this week, Carl, we're going with the the Triple H, the Belgian Triple. And I've said this on other segments, and I'll say it again. This is more of a, a this is like for a, a true beer drinker, as far mm. as I'm concerned. The other two we've had are fantastic drinks. They are I thoroughly enjoy them. The Cold Stone Cream Austin and the Papa Mango, mm-hmm. but they have. Um, Almost quirky elements to them. You got you got the ice cream flavor. You got that that, that mango flavor. Yeah. This is very much a beer. You know, yeah, and it's, it's, for, it's for beer drinkers. It's a heavy. It's like a heavier thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it? it's, it's like, a stronger one. It's a nine point four percent volume. It's, it's a fairly strong beer as yeah. well. But um, very enjoyable. But for a beer drinker, if you're yeah. one of those people who's like, I don't want none of that ice cream flavor. Yeah. You know, this is for you. This is a proper. Yeah, this is a beer. Beer. It's this got like is, a nice little yeah. fruity taste to it and yeah. stuff as well. Um, it's just um. I said, I said to someone in the segment, I don't know quite how to describe it. Clearly, I'm not the biggest beer connoisseur, but it's like a, it's a yeah, thicker kind of... You have to buy it to find yeah, it. It's a thicker kind of real beer drinker's mm. beer. Um, but literally everyone we've had from Top Rope, I'm going to have to say this because the partners of the show, they've been delicious in their own oh, way. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Like, but these guys, the like the again, the, like, the self-made, they've started a business because they love wrestling, they love beer, and they want to put the two together. Fantastic fucking idea. Exactly. I hope to get more of an insight in the future. No spoilers there. But... <laughs> um, you can you can tell they love what they do in very much in the I mean look at the branding of it for starters, you know fantastic the cans are almost collectible at this point. I know. Um, I feel like and, it, it irks me when like, like if I throw it, throw it away. I wish I, I could just like put them up somewhere like, exactly because yeah. they are awesome. But, but we're not we're not in university anymore. You can't just make up no. more cans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but you can tell it in the flavour in you know in the notes of of uh, the the drink itself in the labelling in the passion they put into it in the effort they put into it. And honestly, you've got to try Trying it is, is the only way you'll ever truly know. And to help with that, if you put in the code A2, the K10, I emphasize the two because you have to spell it that way. Right? You emphasize the two, the coming K. to America. A2, the K. Like, as you see it on the screen here, right? <laughs> A to the K10, yes. that will give you 10% off with topropebrewing.com. It will indeed. Um, so yeah, don't just take our word for it. Come get some. Sample it for yourself. Drink and it. Let us know uh, what you think. But yeah, delicious from Top Rope. I'm uh, very happy to have them as partners. And um, while you're buying things, why don't you buy some merch? We've got some merch available at ProWrestlingTees.com. Just like this. Um, look at that. Look at that. It's beautiful. Why wouldn't you want to wear our faces on a t-shirt? 
I do. No, no Hannibal Lecter shit. Um, but yeah, so if you're watching us on Pro Wrestling TV, thank you. We are honoured to be, uh, was you know, such a, an awesome, indeed, you yeah. know, wrestling network, um, if you will. So if you're not, go and check them out. They've got an app which you can download for free. Yep. You can watch wrestling 24/7. 24/7 wrestling We're content featured in the likes of AAA, featured in the likes of TNT, featured in the likes of. Uh, uh, women dressed in army. Yeah, women dressed in army. Control your narrative. We've got loads going all on there. Shit. All the talk shows talk as well. Shows. Some of them I was trying to remember off the top of my head there, and I struggled. Apologies. <laughs> but there's that much content on there. I'm exactly. struggling to remember it all. That's exactly. the thing, and it's just one to check out. And obviously we're on there, so you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, another fun-filled show this week. Um, yeah, made up once again to be on uh, Pro Wrestling TV. So if you're not checking us out there, go check us out there now, and uh, we'll see you next week. Indeed.